Strategic Hot Box with Dr. Brandy Love Stankovic. Discussing leadership, business, and how to take control of your life and achieve greatness. From the streets of Las Vegas, energized, informed, and never diluted. It's time to kick some ass. Welcome to the Strategic Hot Box. It's your girl, Dr. Brandy Stankovic. Thanks for joining us once again. Thanks for coming on back for another episode because today you're probably going to get the chills. Today, you might laugh a little. Today, maybe, hopefully we don't cry. Please don't make me cry, Got Andy. Got it, done. <laughs> today is going to be an excellent, excellent episode. We're going to talk about recognizing villains in leadership with my new friend, Andy Janning. And before we get into his story and the things that he's bringing to this industry and people all across the world, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I think about a journey in leadership. Let's get started. As you know, the podcast is broken into three segments. We've got the learn, the love, and the kick ass. In the learn section, always giving you a delicious nugget of leadership, something to that you can take away that hopefully provides a moment of aha or refreshes, energizes something that you've thought about in the past. In the love section, we get to know somebody that's a subject matter expert, somebody that can help create connections for you, somebody that provide a little bit of that love. And in the kick ass, I always leave you with some things that you can start doing differently today and take some bold action because that's really when life happens is when you get out there and you execute. So in today's discussion, I want to talk about, and Andy's certainly going to, to bring in the heat when it comes to villains, heroes, and what this thing is called a leadership journey. And I know if we could go back and edit in this podcast, this Street John Box podcast, of how many times I've said leadership journey, it's probably in the millions. I'm, I'm just going to guess. And we use that that terminology so often. <clears throat> and really, if you think about it, that's exactly what it is. It's it's you are as a as a business leader, someone that is in charge of, of the narrative. And whether or not you take charge of it is a completely different story, but you are there driving the story. So wouldn't it make sense then, of course, that we have heroes and villains within that? In, in, in simple terms or in storytelling, a hero's journey is like a tale. Someone goes on an adventure, there's a crisis, somebody wins a victory, they come home and they, their life is changed and transformed, and, and maybe there's a happily ever after. Right. So what does that look like when in terms of leadership? Um, from my perspective, there's usually hard work and more hard work and some blood and some sweat and some tears, lots of tears. And even you self-proclaimed tough guys and girls out there, you've cried too. Don't don't lie. When it comes to working hard, you just have to put all of it in there. And there's always lessons learned. There's scars. And we learn from those scars and times where you have to pick yourself up. And there's also moments in the aftermath, maybe when you think to yourself, hmm, I could have done that a little differently, or I'm very thankful that I did something in that particular way, or maybe even go, <laughs> probably shouldn't have done that one, or anything of the sorts. I know that I certainly, in my leadership journey, uh, have had a couple bad apples. I've eaten a few bad apples from the evil witch, you know? I've had uh, moments where um, I have gone on journeys that I wasn't expecting. There's been a Prince Charming or two that have allured me along the way. And there's certainly been moments, um, and this will be a reference for all of you, 80s uh, kids out there where I have pushed someone aggressively down a grassy knoll only for them to yell as you will 
Spanish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. That's that's the shout nice. out of all shout outs, right? Princess Bride, where are you at? Um, but nonetheless, it happens, right? I have, you know, that any of those particular things. Um, and and villains certainly are part of my journey and story as well. Those punks and people that I could live the rest of my life without ever talking about and thinking about again. And in preparation for this, I started thinking about what does that look like? What are the villains like in my life? And and and, and reading Andy's book and, and reflecting just what is, who are those people? How could I manage some of that? And I thought to myself, um, I, I do have some today, you know, when it comes to particular people that I can create a bit more objectively. But one of the most powerful villains, I think, in my life is, is me and the role that I play in getting in my own way and how often my confidence or lack of confidence or my ego or too much ego or my sensitivity or energy or any of these things ends up hurting me faster than any other external villain um, ever could. And that's one of the greatest things that uh, Andy's going to share with us. And then I know that that he brings in, in, in light, you know, brings to light in his book is is some of these kind of reflections in that a journey doesn't always have to be positive to bring us to a good place. And it also doesn't always have to have a tremendous war to have a learning either. So let me formally introduce you now to our guest, Andy Janning. Hello. Hello. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. You are the president and CEO of No Net Solutions, which is a consulting and speaking business Mm -hmm. that you started after stepping away from being executive in financial services. Nailed it. (laughs) <laughs> so you're also the author of an awesome book, Heroes, Villains, and Drunk Old Men. Mm-hmm. The title itself is is enough to get Thank people you. involved and out there. Thank they you. can get it anywhere on yep. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, right. online. Get out there um, and check it out. Mm-hmm. You've also got your bachelor's in psychology from Butler. Mm-hmm. You're a photographer and mm-hmm. filmmaker. You've been featured in National Geographic. Mm-hmm. And you, of course, are a happy husband. Yes. And now I love that happy is part of husband. Very much so. And that that's a, a very it says speaks a lot to your wife. It mm-hmm. also scores you points before I heading, <laughs> heading home good. today. Absolutely. And father, of course, of two beautiful children. Yes. So welcome. I'm glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me, Doctor B. Appreciate Ooh, it. and I like being called Doctor B uh, too. No. <laughs> Not just me calling myself that. I know. So he scores points. He's got my cheeks all pink. Scores points with his wife. Scores points with me. All right, bingo, ding. Done. Okay. <laughs> So tell us about your journey in leadership. So it's been a really fun one. I started off really not wanting or really aiming for leadership. I actually just fell into the career that I'm in, which is mostly financial services, kind of by accident. I was working really like the really dead end Dairy Queen job when I was in high school. Then I started working at a bank where my mom used to work right out of high school. And it was really just like a summer job, something to do just to earn some money. And I worked frontline, back office, branch management, talent development, all of those things. And in that time, I really got to fall in love with how financial services and really people helping people can really transform not just lives and credit scores, but generations of people. Mm-hmm. So then back in 1998, when Forum Credit Union offered me the opportunity to start their talent development department from nothing, I jumped at it. Had no idea really what credit unions were in so much as I knew that banks hated them. And that means I should have hated them. But I drank the Mm Kool-Aid and they were better to me than I ever deserved. So from 98 to 2012, created hundreds of different programs to help support their growth and then got lots of different speaking opportunities and uh, chances to share things that I had learned, folks that had really helped me along the way. Then 2012 started my company 
and have been speaking, doing a lot of keynotes and consulting, and also a lot of visual storytelling, being able to highlight the people who are living this stuff out. And that's really opened up some very interesting doors for me and given me a platform to tell some, hopefully, some some pretty world-changing stories. So from Dairy Queen to, you know, your entrepreneur Absolutely. in the very end. Yeah. Um, and so back in the Dairy Queen days, I bet you got all the girls. No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> you know, when, when you look at me, I have a face for radio. And back then, um, I was really kind of like howdy doody stunt double. Um, I gained literally 45 pounds in a year by working at Dairy Queen because I didn't realize that I was lactose intolerant and stupid. Oh, so, uh, so there's more to this story. <laughs> oh, is there more? Oh, trust me. There is there's lots of much weeping and gnashing of teeth going from that. But uh, no, I, I stayed there uh, really to impress girl uh, more often than not and save up for a car didn't get the girl got the car and I guess drove on away into your destiny I did (laughs) I love it so how do we people how do you how do people recognize villains in their own leadership journey well I think it's important to realize that hero that villains are not necessarily the people that oppose us Mm -hmm. we need to make a really clear distinction here when we think about people who are villains it's different from the folks that we just don't like or may say something to us that we that kind of gets under our skin. What classifies a villain, I'm going to kind of juxtapose it with a hero. A hero is somebody that looks at the world as something that they're here to serve and here to save. Villains look at the world as something here to serve them. Mm-hmm. Heroes have mentors. Villains have henchmen. The biggest distinction here is villains do not want to be held accountable. They don't want mentorship, and they don't want to listen to any other voice out there. Mm -hmm. So when you have those things kind of working in tandem, that's going to create just this this maelstrom of suck, if you will. (laughs) And that's just going to really just tear everybody's life up. And I love what you said in the open, that most of the times that that villain is us, because we don't listen, we don't want to be held accountable, and we don't want to find mentorship, and we don't want to create more heroes in the world. That's Mm -hmm. what heroes do. Heroes are creating more heroes. Villains only want to create more followers. Heroes that create a community are creating something world-changing. Villains that only want to create more followers are creating a cult. And that's something that's a really clear distinction that I try to make. And I know that in my own journey, I have failed at that more than I have succeeded. But I know how deep the ditches are on either side of the hero's journey. And my job now is to help people avoid those ditches and kind of wave the flares and say, don't go there there's nothing there but darkness. Yeah. And can a can a villain then be resurrected or does it require exorcism? I mean, what goes into that process? Uh, there is absolutely redemption for the for the villain. And I've pointed to two major examples for that. Number one, you hear in, in, in virtually every movie that has a strong hero-based character, anything from Toy Story to the Marvel movies to Star Wars, mm-hmm. there is always this element of the hero trying to redeem and save the villain. He's not trying to go in there and just defeat him for defeating's sake. He sees good in that villain, and he wants to help redeem them. The extent to which the villain listens to that, is willing to be open to that, and realizes that, hey, I'm broke and I'm busted and I need help— That's what helps turn the villain into a hero, a la Darth Vader. The second example of that is actually from a huge project that I'm on right now that has nothing to do with speaking. Um, I am right now the official host and photographer for one of the largest Christian revivals going on in the country right now. I'm literally going around to about 50-some-odd cities around the country serving as the event host and the photographer for the evangelist and the hip-hop artist and the tons of different people who are involved in this. I'm there to basically tell the story. Wow. What I'm doing afterwards, though, is is this is what's the world-changing part about it. The folks that come, they come into the meet-and-greet line to talk to the people that spoke and performed. 
And I hear hundreds of stories every week about folks that were the villain in their own journey, Mm -hmm. that were objectively horrible, that were trying to not just oppose people, but ruin everybody else's life and theirs at the same time. Mm -hmm. Christ got a hold of them and they changed Mm -hmm. in a minute, in a blink. And they're not perfect, but they see that redemption there. So that is what gives me faith right there. That's what shows me that, yes, anybody can change. Mm -hmm. You put the right influences in your life, anybody can find redemption. And it's a choice. Absolutely it is. And But it takes an extreme amount of bravery to do it. Anybody can shut themselves off and say, I don't need this. You can't teach me anything. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that from CEOs all the way down to janitors. Mm -hmm. People that have shut themselves off to say, you can't teach me anything. You should be learning from me. Right. There's no humility there. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think starts leading people down that very dark path to villainy and destroying other people's lives. Absolutely. And so you brought up Star Wars, of course, and we use this as a way. uh, Star Wars is mentioned as kind of the beginning of your eyes being open to to stories Mm -hmm. and heroes and and how you can be the hero in your own life. Mm -hmm. And uh, my kids and my family love Star Wars. As a matter of fact, it's my son's birthday this weekend and he wants to be Mace Windu. Yes. And it's the best in so many ways. So those Star Wars fans that are listening, uh, then you'll automatically recognize it. For anybody that's not, that's Mm -hmm. Samuel Jackson's character, right? Mm -hmm. So my son loving it is so cool on so many waves. One that he has no self-conceived diversity limits, Mm -hmm. right? which that. is just brilliant. Yeah. And then second, what a, a small character or small role in the overall grand scheme, because mm-hmm. he's seen them all film. Mm-hmm. It's not like he wants to be Darth or Luke or, right. you know, one of the bigger. Yeah. And and yet he still wants to be it. And third, I like tried so hard not to call him a badass mother lover after <laughs> after I heard him that he wants to be Samuel Jackson. <laughs> yep, you know, yep. that it just and he'll never understand. Well, he, he'll understand that. In time, I'm sure, yeah, but uh, yeah, but yeah. nonetheless, uh, so Star Wars has all sorts of characters intertwined. Right, right. The reason I, you know, I, I wanted to highlight that is that that sometimes there's complexities in our journeys yeah. too, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And not everybody ends up becoming a hero of their own story. Correct. Right. right. So mm-hmm. tell and, me about that. Well, and it's important to say that yes, you can be the hero in your story, but if you see yourself as the main character of the story, then you're telling it wrong. Heroes are designed, and the best ones that I've ever seen, not just from screen, but real life, they realize that, yes, they're here to serve other people, to help make their lives better, to leave something better in their wake, and realize that the story, the, the, the most the best trophy case that that hero will ever fill doesn't have the hero's name on it or in it. It will have their mentees. It will have mm-hmm. their protégés. They're trying to advance them. That's what makes it compelling. Mm-hmm. So if so if I or anybody else can find a way to lift up the people who are living this stuff out, that's my main mission. It's like right. I, I don't I don't want I don't do any of this to say, hey, look at me. I'm going, look at them. They're the heroes. They're the ones putting their shoulder into the plow 50, 60, 70 hours a week, and they're not doing it for recognition, but they're leaving a legacy behind. Let's tell those stories. Let's let's lift those people up. Those are the folks we should be patterning our lives after. How do we not be selfish, though? So, you know, you have we have all this influence, but we also yeah. got to make a living. We yeah. got to deal with our crazy yeah. children. We got to, you know, life gets really tough. Mm-hmm. How some? How do you force or how can the people listening kind of force some evolution or some evolved thinking? Absolutely can't do it on your own. And that's the, the single biggest pitfall that I see for most leaders that they think that if I can white knuckle it, if I can just do just a little bit more, then I can pull myself up by my own bootstraps. And that does not work. You need people around you, a small group of people that are not just there to devil's advocate, not just there to blow smoke up every orifice you have and tell you how good you are, but to objectively say, here's the effect that you're having. 
Here's where you're sucking right now. Mm -hmm. Here's the impact you're having on people. And let's give you a report card. Mm -hmm. When I work with leaders, one of the things that I have them do is I have them write a news story about themselves every month in the third person as if they're writing objectively about another subject. Hmm. That's about their highlights, their bloopers, and what are they going to do more, less, better, and different in the next month. They hate this assignment at the beginning. Mm -hmm. They don't like talking about themselves. But at the end of my coaching with them, they see their, their, they see their journey and they realize that there are people along that journey that they need to recognize, that they need to lift up, and they need to keep in their lives to stay on the journey. Nobody does this alone. And anybody that tells you differently, they will go into the ditch. Mm-hmm. And I have been there before, and I've done that. And that's why I'm screaming at people, you can't do it by yourself. So when, uh, so let's reiterate that one more time for the people that are listening of what, if they were to want to create something for themselves mm-hmm. or start thinking about that, right. they think about things that they've achieved. Mm-hmm. And things that they're bloopers. Correct. Yeah. It's, and then some ideas of how, what they want to be doing differently. Yeah. It's it's all about, you know, kind of, I use a lot of movie imagery. So mm-hmm. what are the highlights? What mm-hmm. are those things that make the highlight reel? What's on the blooper reel? Mm-hmm. And bloopers are instructive. They're not career killers. They're mistakes that you've made that made you learn. They made right. you better. Sure. And then now what are you going to do? Not think more or less or better or different yeah. in the next month, in the next 30 days. And how can I recognize that and, and lift those things up? Those stories are what are compelling. Yeah. And we are wired to forget our journeys. Mm-hmm. We're wired to forget all the things that happen, the mundane stuff that make our journeys you know, worth it. That's why many times we go home and we don't remember the drive home. We don't right. remember the drive to work. This gets us to remember our journey, the little steps of it, because in the little steps, there's truth. It's what you do in the small moments that, that leads to big changes. It also allows you to celebrate the accomplishments along the way. Yes. You know, I think that the high performing leaders that are listening can probably relate to the fact that sometimes in the search of perfectionism, Mm -hmm. sometimes in the drive for results, Mm -hmm. you lose some of that spirit of look at what I've actually accomplished. Right. And that's one of my big uh, things that really calls to me is helping people fight burnout. Burnout's a very complicated, lots of moving parts in that phenomenon. But the biggest one is the sense of lack of personal achievement, of thinking that the work I do doesn't matter, that if I left tomorrow, no one would even care that I was even there. When you can show people, here's the net effect that you have. Here's the dent in the universe that you made, and you should be proud of that. And when you have people showing showing you what those are, they want to continue in that journey. That's what keeps the fire lit. When people don't think that, well, if I just checked out and I didn't really... If I, if I stop doing what I'm doing, no one, no one would care. That's what that's what destroys lives. Mm-hmm. Biggest example of that, the best movie that your that your listeners and your your watchers can can uh, can observe is the movie It's a Wonderful Life. It's the mm-hmm. best movie out there about what happens in burnout. Mm-hmm. And the reason why the character of Clarence, who is the angel that told George, here's the effect that you have. The reason why Clarence turned George's life around was because he showed George, here's the net effect of your life. Here's the effect that you had, and here's what would happen if you weren't there. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs a Clarence, and everybody needs to be a Clarence to someone else. Mm-hmm. That's what defeats burnout. That's what keeps the fire lit. That's what keeps heroes on their journey. Keeps them energized. Mm-hmm. So what was an unexpected learning in your journey? Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> how easy this made working with people. Because when you realize that virtually every person that you're dealing with is on their own journey, and they're trying to be a hero to somebody else, and they've got you know loved ones that picked up this pesky food, clothing, and shelter habit somewhere at home, They're doing what they're doing, not to screw me out of mine, but to try and help get something for people that they love. So that means that person in accounting that you don't like or the person in senior management that you think is just this money-grubbing tool, you have to realize (laughs) that they're doing this, they're doing what they're doing for a reason. It makes it easy for me to say, 
okay, let me find out your story. Let me find out your journey. What is it? What finish line are you running to? We're natural storytellers, human beings. It's how we make sense of the world. And one of the biggest blind spots that we have is when things, when the crap hits the fan, we create stories that make us the hero and everybody else the villain. Sure. That makes everybody else the, the, the bad actors and makes us the one good person. Mm-hmm. What makes this easy for me is realizing that, hey, you know what? I may not like you. I may not understand you, but you've got a story. Mm-hmm. And if I can find a way to help tell it and help you get across your finish line, I'll be able to run across mine too. Mm-hmm. So it makes it easier, but it also removes a lot of the temptations that I have to say, well, that person clearly did that because they're clearly stupid. Mm-hmm. It makes life much more complex, but much more rich because it gets me out of my head and into the lives of other people. And defense mechanisms that, that are built, right. that we all you know build around ourselves. Yep. So do you have a funny story or oh, a gosh. lesson learned? Or? So this actually happened to me just a few days ago. I want to hear your blooper reel. Okay, my gosh. So <laughs> uh, how long do you have? Um, so, you know, as, as we've said before, one of, the, one of my most favorite things is visual storytelling. I'm a photographer, filmmaker. I love bringing those stories to life visually. And... A few days ago, uh, my youngest daughter was getting inducted into the National Junior Honor Society chapter at her middle school. And it's that daughter right there, there in the middle. That's Lauren. And I hadn't seen her for a few days. So I just gotten off the road and was going in there. And now, when you're at any sort of recognition thing, I'm pulling out my cell phone because it's a visual aid. When you go to really any like parent-based recognition thing, you have most parents out there taking video or taking pictures, and they're doing it vertically. I hate vertical video. It's the spawn of Satan. Let's just go ahead and say that right now. <laughs> I know the people in the studio so, are agreeing so, with you. So you know, hashtag turn your phone. That's all I'm, that's all I'm telling you. So, so I'm, I'm sitting there in the second row, and I'm seeing all these parents up there like, I'm going, oh, well. When my, daughter, when my girl gets up there, they're going to see how you're really supposed to do video. So I'm up there in the second row. My daughter's starting to do her walk across and doing the whole recognition thing. And I've got my phone up there like really loud and proud going, look at this, guys. And I'm looking at my daughter through the screen. And I'm just like captivated because she's growing up in, right in front of me. And I'm, I'm like, my mouth is open. She gets across the stage. She gets her, her certificate. She gets off the stage. My oldest daughter, who's sitting there with us, is laughing at me. And I'm wondering why. She says, Daddy... She said, you know that um, you didn't push the record button, right? <laughs> she said that you realized that when you hit it, you got like the last like four seconds of her walk. Aww. And she says, you know what the best part is? Everybody else around you saw it. <laughs> and they didn't say it. So this is the, the lesson for that is pride goes before a fall. Me saying, oh, look at me. I'm going to go ahead and do this. Like, no, okay, idiot. All right. Even you need Step to remember. Step one is hit record. <laughs> even you need to remember how to hit the record button and not right. get so caught up in the moment that you miss the moment. Yeah. But also learning to laugh at myself, too. And they're going to tell that story probably till I'm dead. And I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. But hopefully they'll be able to learn something cool out of it, too. Well, maybe one of the other 400 parents that had their cell phone out maybe caught some of, of the video. Probably in ver- it'll be it, vertical. It, it, it'll be vertical. <laughs> and, and that's okay. I'll have to give them a lot of grace. That's fine. <laughs> so um, share a bold action or a takeaway for the people listening. So I want everyone that's listening or watching this, I want them to think of somebody in their world right now that has done something specific and positive for them recently not just like oh think of the think of the best person you know but think of someone who has done specific and in a moment in time recognition or some sort of influence that they've had on them something that they did or didn't do to help bless them specifically and i want them to tell that person about that thing today yes they have time and yes the other person needs to hear it Mm -hmm. going back to the thing about burnout The reason that we burn out is that we don't think that what we do matters. Send this message today saying to them, hey, 
that thing you did last week, this really helped me earn more time or energy or money. This filled my cup. This kept my fire going. And I'm really excited about that. They send those messages and that creates connection. And mm-hmm. there's going to be any, there's going to be some special snowflake listening to this right now that says, oh, I can't do that. Yes, they have time. And yes, someone needs to hear it. Now, a caveat with that. If they have never sent those messages before, or it's been a long time since they've sent it to a specific person, be prepared for weirdness <laughs> because the person receiving it may go, what did you do? Right. Are you in jail? <laughs> right. And how much bail money do we need? <laughs> I've yet to find someone that sent those messages that didn't have the recipient say, Whoa. Mm-hmm. tell me more. Yeah. That's what creates strong marriages, strong relationships, strong work is when we're actually catching people doing things right Mm-hmm. rather than trying to prosecute them for the per, for their perceived wrongs. Right, right. And although in this particular action, all of our listeners would do somebody that was in the immediate sense, mm-hmm. you have given back to your family and their mm-hmm. contribution to your mm-hmm. journey, mm-hmm. specifically in the Drunk Old Men right. section of right. your book yeah. and in the story of Mike. Mm-hmm. And I, I found it to be very captivating. Thank you. Uh, and it was also, and I kind of, in a, in a sense, had a feeling that there was a, a relationship building there mostly because of the intimacy of the the, the concepts that you were offering mm-hmm. um, but also in the hopes that right. there was some deeper kind yeah. of feeling and connection there so can you tell us a little no, bit that's actually a friend of my dad's uh, uh, that's also that, that that helped my father st- stay sober um, and um, and he was there part of that that journey yes. though with Mike yes. who is your father yes. um, can you tell us just a little bit about that and how it contributes to your leadership journey and the story just my dad is the, is the greatest man I know uh, he's been a recovering alcoholic now for 30 years never once relapsed uh, but he was before that time he was a monster he was objectively the villain in my life because he didn't want to listen he didn't care he wanted to not just oppose but he wanted to he wanted to, I in my mind, hurt. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to have a relationship with him because I thought he was the enemy. Turns out that he was hurting too. Most hurt comes from deep pain. Hurting people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And when I saw my father as a flawed human being trying to find his own finish line, trying to define his own life in his own terms, but also realizing that he can't do it alone, my heart softened to him. And he is, he is now arguably my best friend. Mm. He is... The, the man that I want to grow up to be. Mm-hmm. And if I can honor him through my words, if I can honor my father and my mother through their relationship, 51 years that they stayed together through all of this, mm-hmm. if I can help other people meet them and take inspiration from that, then I'm going to be pretty happy about that. Awesome. Well, shout out to Mike and all the people that contributed Thank to you. his journey. Thank you. So how can people get a hold of you? So they can find me at, Andy at uh, if I can get my name right, andyjanning.com. Mm-hmm. They can find me on all social media at Andy Janning. And they can also go to my uh, my portfolio page, which is also on andyjanning.com. If they want to see snippets from the Revival Tour that I'm shooting, they can go to revivaltourphotos.com. Excellent. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your story with us. Grateful. Thank you, Dr. B. Let's head out to the shout out. Hi, this is Earl. I'm the event guy at Sephora, and you are watching the Strategic Hot Box with Brandy Stankovic, the most beautiful, inspiring, intelligent creature on the planet. When I received that shout out from my great friend Earl, it it, it really brought a tremendous amount of, of 
happiness to, to my face and to my life and to my day and really speaks to what Andy was just sharing with us about telling somebody something that they deserve to hear and it makes you feel good and it makes them feel good. So thank you to Earl for your shout out here at the Hot Box. All right, it's time. It's time for your top five kick ass. Number one is to reflect on your story. I'd love everyone listening to think a little bit about where they are in their story. Think about the the roles that different people play. Think about where you are in your journey, who the villains are, your heroes, where you are in that process, when it is that you tap into those different roles, and how you can continue toward that success or toward your happily ever after. Number two is to recognize the villains. And again, recognize the villain within. You know, we talked about that at the beginning. Andy talked about that um, quite a bit throughout. Number three is to make sure that you're fighting the right fight. So when we are fighting, we are going after things. You'll learn about this a lot in his book as well. But don't just fight for the sake of fighting. Make sure that you're fighting and choosing your battles, right, is another way that we framed it here on the podcast. But, But fight the fight that makes sense, that's helping you get to where you want to be, helping everyone, yourself and the people around you better than when you came into the situation. Number four is to embrace transformation. Sometimes learning change when we have a new evolved sense of self, we don't like it. And sometimes you wake up and go, when did I become this? Instead, embrace that transformation and say, hey, how has this brought new benefits into my life? And how has this brought a new open world, you know, where I can open my eyes to? Instead of just, you know, making look at at it as a negative or I'm not where I once was, embrace that evolution. And number five is to be the hero that you want to be, be the hero that you're you know, striving to be, that your kids can look up to, be the hero in your own story. It's time. That's your top five kick-ass. Thank you again to Andy for so being much. here at yeah. the Strategic Hotbox. We're excited to have him. You, you have all his contact information. You can also connect with him um, via our website, strategichotbox.com. Head out there for links to merchandise, website, you know, worksheets, leadership tools, access to speakers and guests. We have it all, like a one-stop shop for awesome kick-ass stuff. Until I see you again, get out there and kick some ass. Mm-hmm.